Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich Omis, episode 170. Wow. Hey, my riches. So great to be here with you. Last year, we started a new, very special series of the Rich Omis Mountain Project. This is the fourth part of this very unique project of the most amazing mountain stories you heard. Listen to these incredible mountain stories I heard from successful entrepreneurs I interviewed on my podcast. You can then listen to the full interview with each of them and hear about the visions, the struggles, and how these entrepreneurs reach their entrepreneurial success. From the entrepreneur that climbed the Everest base camp but thought the toughest mountain was Mount Kilimanjaro, to climbing the Pyrenees and figuring out that mountains are like my vision. It's my North Star. I know I will never reach it, but it will always guide me. The vision is at the top of the mountain. To the entrepreneur that reminds us that the sweetest fruits, the animals, the trees, the water, are all down in the valley, not on the top of the mountain. To the fantastic entrepreneur that one of her favorite songs has to do with mountains, it's called The Climb, or There Will Always Be Another Mountain by Miley Cyrus. To lie in a freezing lake on the top of a glacier and feel that it's moments like this that you believe that God exists. I hope these mountain stories will encourage you to find out what should you, as an entrepreneur looking for your breakthrough to success, take from their stories to help find the necessary steps to reach your peak. Many successful entrepreneurs climb mountains, while others use mountains as a metaphor to describe what is necessary to conquer the peak, including the fatiguing yet rewarding journey to the top. Still, other entrepreneurs use mountains as an allegory for a significant goal they wish to achieve. For many years, I myself compared the act of taking possession of your potential customers' minds and of building awareness, likability, and trust of a leading brand to the act of climbing the highest mountains. You climb step by step to the peak, reach your position as a market leader, hopefully, and then start climbing a new mountain with a new product or another brand. The idea of mountains as representation of a strong position in the market is mentioned by Al Rees and Jack Trout in their excellent book, Marketing Warfare. 
a quote in military warfare mountains and higher altitudes areas represent strong position and often are used to present a strong defense in marketing warfare the question is who holds the mountain in the customer's mind so at some point i started to ask the successful entrepreneurs i interviewed about their habits or dreams of climbing mountains i invite you to listen to these inspiring stories find which entrepreneurs and stories you identify with most and review your entrepreneurial objectives market overview and plan by making your business as strong as possible you will be able to quickly and easily achieve entrepreneurial success bill cates for me success means abundance in my life money is okay as long as it doesn't own you as long as you own it bill is an international recognized client acquisition expert author and speaker who motivates others to take action with proven strategies bill my last question is my okay. mountain question mm-hmm. and as my listeners already know i always imagine this journey of building um a brand and marketing in the mind of our customers as climbing a mountain step after step mm. after step and at some point i started to ask my guests and that's what i'm asking you whether you ever climbed the mountain or wished to climb a mountain or do you have any relationships with mountains at all <laughs> <laughs> well the short answer is yes i do uh, <laughs> so i've been to everest base camp um mount everest base camp which is Whoa. about 17500 i think uh feet and um but the the toughest mountain for me was mount kilimanjaro in in africa so uh, did you climb the kilimanjaro as well yes i climbed kilimanjaro it's wow. uh, 19300 feet or 5800 5900 meters and you know it's not technical climbing it's it's really just a really really hard walk <laughs> uh six and a half days <laughs> to get to the top and one and a half days to get down um but it was it was a great experience wow. it was a very tough experience but i loved it and i and i would do it again uh, i've told my nephew if he ever wants to go i will climb with him i i may end up boldest man to ever reach the <laughs> summit but i'll do it <laughs> <laughs> what do you like about that why did you start with that well i i <laughs> I'll tell you the reason I went to Kilimanjaro was a friend challenged me. He he we we were the group of friends and we were trying to plan our next vacation as a group. And he wanted to climb Mount Kilimanjaro and somebody else wanted to go sailing and somebody else wanted to do this and that and uh one of the guys in our group uh, had just come down with Parkinson's disease so the idea of climbing a mountain mm. probably wasn't appealing to him and so we decided to do something else. But then my friend Jay jumped up into the in front of the group and says, "All right, I'm climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Who's with me?" And I said, mm. "Well, I'll do it." Now I had no idea how tall it was, <laughs> what I was into. I had been to a pretty tall mountain, so I figured I could probably handle it. Um, I didn't realize it was the tallest freestanding mountain in the world. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> but, uh, it's my mountain, but it's only I'm not going probably to climb oh, it, but oh. I wish to. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, It's an extraordinary experience. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's why I did it. 
why did I love it? Well, the camaraderie of, of the people I was, well, I was climbing with, there was just five of us and plus a lot of guides and porters and we got to know the local people and, and we had a lot of fun. And every time we get to a camp, our base camp, they would, you know, the guides and the porters were there ahead of us and they would be singing and dancing for, to greet us. You know, I was getting to know everybody. It was just, and, and obviously accomplishing a goal and getting to the top. Um, it's like know. the cell, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Now, now, most of the time when you see photographs of people at the top of Kilimanjaro, it's usually sunny because they're above the clouds. And yeah. uh, so it looks kind of nice. We got there. It was a blizzard on top of the mountain and our eyebrows were frozen. Our eyelashes were frozen. Um, we almost couldn't get out of there fast enough. Here we were at the top of this mountain, mm -hmm. wanted to be able to enjoy it, but it was so cold and windy and icy that we had to leave pretty quickly. That, mm -hmm. that part I missed. I wish we could have enjoyed that a little bit more, but uh, it's still worth the experience. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Christina Rowe, the founder and manager behind Facebook's 390,000 Women Entrepreneurs Group is also the founder of the Standout Media Group, as well as the creator of the Standout Online Membership Program, the first all-in-one membership program designed to get in massive exposure for women entrepreneurs and their businesses through influencer marketing. Christina, at some point I started to ask my guests, and that's what I'm asking you, whether you ever climb the mountain or wish to climb a mountain or do you have any relationships with mountains at all <laughs> and i'm talking about physical mountain but of course you can also take it to the metaphor as well well it's interesting because uh, i moved almost a year ago to scottsdale arizona so from south florida which um, doesn't have any mountains but now we have mountains so um, <laughs> there are mountains all around me camelback mountains like i can see camelback mountain here i haven't climbed it yet um but i did go to sedona twice and bell rock oh. which i guess you'd call that a mountain yeah i would <laughs> i did go up to like the first level so i climbed that you know i'm not a you know huge mountain climber but I love the metaphor of a mountain. In fact, one of my favorite songs, the words of songs, oh. it was, you know, Miley Cyrus, The Climb, yeah. when you listen to that, that song. I mean, if you ever listen to the lyrics, you know, it's the climb, the climb of the mountain, you know, you know, to get there. For business, that makes so much sense because I think the biggest problem um, most entrepreneurs have, too, is wanting things very fast and too quickly and being disappointed when it doesn't happen right away and giving up. Mm. It is a climb. It is like a mountain and it can take years and years and years. I didn't get here, you know, yesterday. I, like I said, I've been working at this from 2006 and my climb up the mountain has taken, you know, detours and different churns. Like I started with a book and then I went to coaching mm -hmm. and then I went to the, but I kept climbing. So I didn't go back down the mountain. I just figured out a different, a different route up that mountain. And so I think that's really important. You know, it could take years to get there. And I, I just see that misconception out there, you know, getting rich in your underwear in front of your computer and you're going to make a million dollars. And don't fall for any of that. Somebody's tell you, oh, you're going to make 5,000 in a week next week. No, you're not. It's just not going to happen. You, you, it is a climb. It is it's like, hmm. it is prepare to climb the mountain and get your tools and resources necessary to go. And be um, and you have to stay on that mountain. You can't jump off and <laughs> go back down and give up because once you do that, it's all over. So you just have to figure out a different. If something's not working, figure out a different path. 
to get up the mountain and just keep going until things click. And they will if you stay on the mountain. If you get off, game over. But you will get there. I love it so much. I really love that. David Newman Scott. I think I'm successful because I have the ability to see patterns in the universe before other people see them. David spotted the real-time marketing revolution in its infancy and wrote the books about it, including the new rules of marketing and PR, with more than 400,000 copies sold in English and available in 29 languages from Albania to Vietnam. Did you ever climb the mountain or wish to climb a mountain or do you have any relationships with mountains at all? I, ha- I have a very important oh. relationship with some, some mountains. Um, I'm a part owner in a 12,000-acre nature preserve oh. in Panama. And this particular nature reserve um, is in one of the most important areas of ecology in the entire world. It's at the narrowest point between North and South okay. America. And it's at the narrowest point between the Atlantic Ocean and the Pacific Ocean. It's near the Panama Canal, but it's actually even narrower. And because of that, it's important for animal migration and bird migration and for all kinds of different species of animals. And so this particular area of Panama was in danger of being taken over by cattle ranching. And so um, I got together with some friends. We, ha- we have an eco-resort there, and we're preserving a very, very important part of the world so that it will, re- it will remain. Uh, it also is important to offset carbon footprint because wow. of global warming. I travel a lot on airplanes. I, I, I own two houses and three cars, and so I have a, a, a large carbon footprint. But the fact that I own land in a rainforest in Panama way, way more than offsets my lifetime carbon footprint, my family's lifetime Hmm. carbon footprint, even some friends' carbon footprints. So our eco-resort is right on the continental divide, the mountains that separate um, the Atlantic Ocean from the Pacific Ocean. And um, in February, I got together with 10 people And we did an expedition that we think has never been done before. Using human power, we went from the Pacific Ocean to the Atlantic Ocean. And we did it all under human power. We started at the Pacific Ocean with our feet in the water. And then we got on mountain bikes. And we went for a two-day mountain bike ride to our resort, our our eco-resort in our rainforest. And we then stayed there for a night. And then we did a two-day hike over the mountains of the Continental Divide to the Kangandi River. And then we did a two-day kayak down the Kangandi River to the Atlantic Ocean. So using uh, human power, bike, hike, and kayak, we went ocean to ocean, Atlantic to Pacific. And so those mountains are really important because that's the um, divide between two great oceans. And it's also a place that's very important to preserve. Mm. Thank you so much. Catherine Parker Magyar is a travel writer entrepreneur who traveled to six continents, 63 countries, and all 50 states 
in pursuit of a good story. Catherine is a travel columnist for Forbes and Tripsavy, and her work has appeared in many publications like Architectural Digest, The Week, The Daily Beast, The Business Insider, and more. Katie, do you have any relationships with mountains at all? Yes, this is such a perfect question, actually, because, hmm. I mean, I, I credit, like, sort of my fascination with travel to yeah. the Grand Tetons, the mountains in Wyoming. So growing up, we would always go out there and mm-hmm. we would camp. And my mom, who is, like, a little bit more reserved than I am, so as a child, I had a harder time connecting with her. Now we're very close. But, you know, she was a mystery. And we were jumping. Okay, so we're at this, like, mountain, this freezing lake mm-hmm. right beneath like the foot of these insane glacial like glacially top mountains wow. and it's so cold and my mom strips off her fleece in her bathing suit wow. jumps in this like negative zero degree water and I'm like oh my god and my mom is like get in the water <laughs> Kate come on get she was like you don't want to be the girl who doesn't get in the water and obviously I think about that all the time jump in I'm lying with my mom the mountains are overhead she's looking in a hawk flies back by and she goes Mm-hmm. It's moments like this where you can believe that a God exists. And I've never forgotten it because I knew exactly how she felt. Whenever we see this mountain, she cries. And just like that sense of childlike wonder and joy and awe, I think that that's the happiest, most pure moment and the most rejuvenating moment in the world. So for me, you know, the mountains, it's great to compare it to your career and entrepreneur because, you know, it's, it's majestic and intimidating. Yeah. But it's also, I don't know, maybe my metaphor is going weird here, but First time I climbed a mountain, I was in Peru, and I did the Austin Gothic Trek with uh, with REI. It was my so full disclosure. I <laughs> I said that I was in great shape, which is like hilarious because if you define like two martinis and like not exercising as great shape, I was like an Olympian. But you know, it was a, it was supposed to be a very challenging trek. Like there isn't a lot of oxygen, and you're you know like backpacking magazines and shape and stuff and. I didn't have hiking boots until three days before because I didn't realize because they'd sent like they told us what to what to buy and pack and they never mentioned shoes. <laughs> and then they were horrified. They were like, oh, my God, like, oh, my God, you have to buy them to break them in. And there was all this concern. I buy the shoes the first day on the trek. I'm so tired. I'm like, oh, my God, like, am I going to be like ridden down on a llama? Like, am I going to be the weakest link? And I have to tell you something every day. And this is what your career is like. You just wake up, you put one foot in front of the other. Oh, I love you saying that. You know, you wake up in the morning, you're like, oh my God. But then by the end, I swear to you, four days in, I was bouncing off the walls. I was drinking Pisco Sours. I was like, I was the fastest one on this Whoa. mountain. And like, people were like really happy for me, but it was astounding because I wasn't, that's not how I present myself. Like I got in touch with like myself in a way. Yeah. And I like, it was so beautiful. And the people we were with, we were with working with Andy and Lodges and we were with the Minister of Culture in Peru. It was a huge moment for, you know, just the Peruvian people in terms of like, it's pretty much communism above 15,000 feet up there. Mm. Like the money that you spend on these tracks yeah. goes to the whole village. And like, they build like women's clinics, like kindergartens and like you're giving back, but like you're also experiencing like their religion, like in real life. Like it is so spectacularly beautiful and just like, it was it was life changing. I'm actually writing that story, finishing it after we finish this. Wow. <laughs> so that's my mountain story. Justin Goodbread. I had so many people tell me no, but whenever I hear the word no, it fuels my success. 
the owner of FinanciallySimple.com, Justin, is a national recognized financial planner, financial educator, wealth manager, and author of The Ultimate Sale, speaker and entrepreneur. I live in East Tennessee. We live in the Smoky Mountains of East Tennessee. Um, and I live on top of a mountain that overlooks the Tennessee River, and I can see a mountain range outside of my house. It's beautiful and blessed. Wow. Um, as far as climbing a mountain, you know, there's lots of stories on, on mountains I use in my own life and my own podcast. You know, the tallest trees grow in the valley. They're typically not on top of the mountains, so we often learn the most whenever we're going through the hardest times of the mountain. Whenever you get to the mountaintop experience, it's awful lonely. I remember... Uh, two years ago, I went to Idaho here in the United States out to the Rocky Mountains, mm -hmm. and I went to do some hunting out there with the guide, and we rode horses in about 20 miles into the middle of nowhere. It was, it was absolutely amazing. It was a pristine wilderness, untouched. Um, no, not, you can't even have, you can't have any type of motorized vehicles. It has to be horses only, and they were just amazing to see the creation out there. And as we're in this mountain range, we're at about 6,000 foot elevation, which is not very high for the Rocky Mountains. And the, the guide who was with us on this particular trip, he said, gentlemen, we're going to the top. We got to go to the top. Hmm. We looked at the top and it didn't seem that far. I mean, you're looking in the valley, you look at the top, but after about eight hours later of sweating hmm. and aching muscles and just cut up skin from briars and stickers and being banged up knees etc we reached the top of this mountain and it was right at sunset and at that particular time happening there were some forest fires in the state of oregon that was blowing through and we get on top of this mountain and we actually lived on top of this mountain for a week wow we were up there for seven days we lived underneath a rock for two days with rain blowing we actually saw lightning beneath us it was amazing we were about thirteen thousand feet we looked down beneath us and the lightning was going through the valley below us we could see rain we would be blue skies on top rain beneath us rain was going every with every which direction and the guy looked at us and he said you guys having fun we were having the time of our lives we're just a bunch of old country boys we were having a good time but at that moment, you got to realize that it's very, very lonely, oftentimes at the top of the mountain. Mm -hmm. People have aspired to be at the top of the mountain. I can remember how, hard, how much I wanted to get to the mountain. And trust me, when we reached the top of the mountain, the vista was unbelievable. It was amazing to see the creation that God has built. It's amazing just to see that out there. But there wasn't much up there. Most of the, mm -hmm. most of the stuff, there was no trees, there was rocks, there was no water. Most of the stuff was down the valley because even though we aspire to be on the mountaintop, that mountaintop summit is so short-lived. It is so narrow. It is so small hmm. that before you know it, we had to come back into that. We had to go back to where the animals were. We had to go back to where the trees were, where sustenance was to live. So yeah, it's fun to climb the mountain. It is. It's fun and I'll do it again. I have some aspirations to climb some bigger mountains. And I have some mountains, in my, metaphorically speaking, in my own career, in my own family that I want to climb. But you got to remember that the tallest trees and the sweetest fruits in the valley, that's where the fertile soil is. And even though that we may be going through a hard time globally right now with the virus that we're dealing with as we're recording this here in May, even though we often get bumped and bruises at, at bruised at trying to deal with customers or trying to deal with our businesses, the sweetest days... The sweetest days are often in the valley. They're very short-lived on the mountaintop, in my opinion. Wow. I love this answer. It's the first time that somebody dares to underestimate or not the mountaintop. I love that. I think it's beautiful. 
Deborah Levin. I try to feel at home with history, as well as be part of the future of making a difference. Deborah Levin is the award-winning author of 14 books and the founder editor of the American Diversity Report. At some point I started to ask my guests, and that's what I'm asking you, whether you ever climbed a mountain, a physical mountain, literally a mountain, or wish to climb a mountain, or do you have any relationships with mountains at all? And I do also allow you to take the metaphor if you prefer. So I was brought up in Bermuda where there are no mountains and what we were totally covered up ocean, right? Uh, <laughs> an island has oceans, not mountains. And that was... Where were you brought up? Bermuda. 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 Oh. Bermuda, which at the time was a British colony. They now call it the yeah. Commonwealth. And we were uh, the, uh, and still are, the only Jewish family to have lived on the island for four generations. Wow. And my mother and I both went uh, to school on the island. So the very first time I saw a real mountain when we were driving out west in America, uh, I was terrified. I hid up. <laughs> wow. Screaming. I guess you're kidding. That actually exists outside of movies. <laughs> 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 and uh, up we went up we went the mountain and there's something about it that is so amazing I live here in Chattanooga where we are surrounded by small mountains uh, but they're called mountains, Signal Mountain for example and going up there and just looking from the heights is something we do my husband and I we do periodically and breathe in and get renewed. Hmm. It is it is um, a beautiful experience climbing up them a little bit sometimes, but I I view it as the can I put it as part of our lives now. We've been here twenty years. We are surrounded surrounded by them okay, every day. Hmm. <laughs> and what is you said that it means a lot for you, but what does it feel being up there on the mountain? There's a timelessness to it. Uh, these mountains hmm. are, are named for, Signal Mountain, for example, are named for uh, incidents that happened during the American Civil War more than a century ago. Uh, there's a timelessness and a sense of being part of history, being part hmm. of, the, of nature but also of being part of a time when there was a lot of conflict in the world. And for me, that works really well because in some ways it hasn't changed much. <laughs> and so I try to feel at home with the history as well as being part of the future of making a difference. Mm, wow. And this is a great way to uh, actually close our conversation. Nicholas Babin. I have a daily mantra from Japanese. Fall down seven times and stand up eight. This is the key for all success in entrepreneurship.
Nicolas Babin, a French citizen, has over 30 years' experience in high-tech industry. He has worked and lived for over 20 years in the U.S., Europe, and Japan. He is a pioneer in AI, artificial intelligence, and robotics, having served over 15 years at the helm of Sony Europe. Nicolas created and developed over 21 companies in his career so far. Yes, yes, I have a very strong relationship with mountains in, <laughs> in both sense, the real mountain and also as a spiritual image. I've climbed mountains, small mountains in the Pyrenees between France and, uh, and Spain, and uh, I love these mountains. They're special, special areas for me. My vision, and that's what I always try to teach or explain or, or work with, uh, with uh, people uh, I work with, is that my vision is the top of the mountain. Mm -hmm. I always say that the top of the mountain, one day you'll reach it. And so it goes to another top of a mountain. You know, the first one you see, you say, one day I'll, I'll go up mm -hmm. there. This is uh, what I like about was my vision is my North Star. You know, the, the mission, I know uh, I will never reach it, but it will always guide me. The, the vision is the top of the mountain. So that's one link that I have. But one mountain that has always fascinated me is the Kilimanjaro. Oh! It's my mountain. Okay. Just because I wish to go there. <laughs> okay. I wish to go there too. I've never gone there. But why does it fascinate me? It's why? because it's disruptive. And why is it disruptive? Because it's the highest mountain in Africa. You have snow, snow. in a land of desert and heat and, and sand. And this mountain, you know, you need to train, obviously, but it's reachable. Yeah. You have many, many people doing it. You can go there and you have people who are going to guide you. And the view from up there apparently is just superb. I've seen pictures and everything, but that mountain is, and on top of it, I think in terms of, uh, of spiritual, um, it, it's something special because Africa is where birth of all our uh, origins. All our uh, origins, yeah. Exactly, all of us, you know, we're all brothers and sisters because, because of them, oh, thanks to them. <laughs> <laughs> and so the Kilimanjaro has always fascinated me. That's uh, that's my story. <laughs> I love that because you said it's um, it's reachable. It's here, you can reach it. You can get there, and it's like inviting you as well. So I love yeah. that. And the last but not least story is the story of Nick Loper that helps people earn money outside of their day job. He is an author, online entrepreneur, and host of the award-winning Side Hustle Show podcast. Nick, I've been imagining this journey of marketing and sales, building the famous snow-like and trust in the mind of the customer and then taking position and build a brand like climbing a mountain step after step after step. And at some point, I started to ask my guests whether they ever climbed the mountain wish to climb a mountain or do you have and that's what i'm asking you do you have any relationships with mountains at all and uh, i'm talking about physical mountains literally mountains but um it can be the metaphorical mountains as well yeah i've actually done a share of mountain climbing especially back in the pacific northwest so i've climbed all five uh, major washington volcanoes plus mount hood which wow. is the tallest peak in oregon so you've done a little bit of uh of climbing in in the uh, literal sense do you have a 40 of that oh i could probably dig something up <laughs> i'll see if i can find something for you okay my riches i hope you enjoy this third part of my mountain project and 
If you didn't listen to the first two mountain episodes, you can find them in the show notes of this episode. Now, you can choose what you would like to do next. As I see it, you have four options. First, you can of course do nothing in regards to this show. Simply do whatever you had previously planned or just switch to the next podcast. Second, you can enjoy the stories, be inspired by them, and gain the courage and strength necessary to take your entrepreneurship to a much higher level. Third, you can choose one or more of the inspiring successful interviewees to connect with and ask questions about so that you can learn from them. They all have plenty of free professional content on their sites. And you can even inquire about whether they can be your mentor if they offer that service. And last but not least, you can choose to download my free guide to the seven elements of entrepreneurial business success. This will help you create the best plan for the coming months. One that will help you achieve your goals during the first half of 2020. Next week, we will go back to talk with new fantastic successful entrepreneurs about their story and how they reached entrepreneurial success. And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.